Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Good morning and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we'll have myself, Mighty Pete, and we're joined by the Lewis Herridge. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Pete. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, <laughs> yes. it's good to finally get this going. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you on. I mean, it's it's technically we've been throwing a few curveballs, so it's great to have you on here. So Absolutely, yeah. Give everyone all our listeners a bit of background. So Lewis Harridge is the aka the outdoor bloke. He's health and adventure coach, offering a back to basics revival of the body and the mind. Lewis is a mountain leader, bushcraft and survival instructor, ultra marathon trail runner, and primal health coach. Lewis works with the uninspired adventurer who feels sluggish and unsettled. He harnesses the power of nature, not just Mother Nature, but our own human nature both forgotten requirements in modern life to foster optimal health and well-being. Lewis, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. I'm, I'm pleased to be here, Pete, and finally get this one rolling. <laughs> Good. So tell us, we'll start with an easy one. What does fire in the belly mean to Lewis? Okay, yeah. Uh, I have definitely thought about this uh, probably too much, much more than I probably should have, but there you go. That's how I roll. Um Fire in the belly, motivation, isn't it? I think for me, it's what motivates me. Um, I, I have put some time into that uh, to, in the build up to this, but also I've contemplated that for myself for many years. So, you know, for me, it's very much about being the best version of myself naturally. And I think that is the key ingredient there naturally, because I, I recognize, I, you know, it's my deep belief that we as humans have become a little bit misaligned with, with how we're intended to live. You know, I, I sort of, you know, we, we have got a lot of resources within us that aren't utilized or remembered, let alone put to use. So actually, that's been quite a, an inspiring thing for me over the, the last few years. To work through that myself, um, yeah. So that's that. I believe is is the fire fire in my belly. How long have you had it? Has it always been there for you? Is it something that's really evolved in the last couple of years, or what's been your journey with it? It's definitely always been there, but it's only in the last few years that I've I've realised the 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 power of it, and and actually. Um, gone and stepped much deeper into it sort of like owned it for myself if that makes sense so i mean if you want to look at the backstory you know i i grew up in the concrete jungle of london you know so this talking about this nature like i i grew up in a place that was quite detached from nature actually um and as I got older, you know, I, I always enjoyed scouts and all that sort of stuff, um, getting outdoors, camping, just playing on the streets, that sort of thing. Um, but as soon as I got to 
the age where I felt the pull of the city. My um, my friends, my family, other family members were, were sort of being pulled into that um, that lifestyle that comes with with big city life, and I I didn't want that, you know, whatsoever. So I I sort of rejected that, quite sort of flat out rejected that, and cut a long story short, my I I took a um, I, I moved from London to a place called Buxton, which if you don't know what Buxton, where Buxton is, it's sort of like a small town in the middle of the Peak District. And it was like going back in time. But I, I absolutely loved that. I sort of thrived. I felt myself begin to thrive there. Um, I worked for many years in, in the uh, bushcraft industry, the outdoor industry teaching people and taking people all around the world off the beaten track um, to places like Uganda, Tanzania, in you know, various places in South America. So, so I started filling my own cup in that way, you know, working with people. I was just drawn to that lifestyle, you know, um, but really back to basics type of thing. And I saw firsthand how powerful it was for for the people I was working with. But then this is the critical bit, is um, a few years back, I, I I stepped quite quickly out of that. So I'd established this, you know, lifestyle for myself for 10 years that really empowered me and tapped into that. And then I sort of stepped away from that. And I, um, for various reasons, I basically went into the, the typical rat race type life, you know, the, a nine to five job, Monday to Friday, uh, weekends off, you know, what most people typically experience, really. And I quite quickly realized that my body, my mind started spiraling downwards. And that was where I had to break out of that to some extent. I realized I was, you know, conscious enough to realize what was happening. Took a while, but I um I set myself this rewilding mission, personal rewilding mission. And so what that basically involved was first off, it was just an excuse to get out, get active, sort of start trying to shake some of this negativity off within me. Um, and then that's so started with exercise and it went into a lot of other areas, which I'm sure we can get into. But like that was for me, the last few years has been about really owning that, rewilding myself, going to rock wild places, but reconnecting with the wild nature that is in, within me as well, that is within all of us, actually, that we've forgotten in the, the hustle of modern life. What do you think it was that whenever you went back into, you know, sort of, let's call it to sort of the, the corporate lifestyle, let's call it. So, you know, not sort of nine to five and the, the that aspect. What do you think you lost doing that? And, and you know, because it's, it's interesting, you've seen it both ways, right? You've been there, you left, you went back and you've left again, you know, and what, what's been the lessons, I suppose? Joy. That's one of the one of the, the key things, actually. Um, and and that because that's what I was sort of searching for when I when I was in that you know so that period of time where I was um, 
not you know that rat race, the corporate life type thing that you're talking about. I call that my the indoor bloke period because I'm the outdoor bloke. That's where I want to be. But the indoor bloke or the outdoor bloke was forced indoors, you know, forced into this thing. So for me, by getting outdoors, getting into nature, I started with a trail running. And that that was my way of getting out into places that I've been I've been into these places for the last 10 years or so, just through work and doing those sorts of things. And as soon as that was cut off, I I, I felt this absence of, of joy. And and it was really, you know, on a on a deeper level, it's like it didn't what I was doing didn't fulfill me, it didn't fill my soul. And so I realized what I needed was that connection with nature, connection with my own wild self. And then that started to fulfill me. But another aspect, I mean, for you to go through that, when you say the outdoor bloke, is that is that both physical and a metaphor for your mental aspect as well? I mean, it's, you know, I take it you physically like, you like to go up a mountain or go on a trail or do whatever, but also it's the outdoor as in, you know, outside of yourself or outside of your mind, etc. Is is it both, or have I read into it too much? No, that's a good question. Actually, um, it it is both. Yeah, I think I, it's thinking outside the box as well. I think that's so. It is physically going outdoors into nature, connecting with 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 the mountain, with the forest, with the trees, whatever it may be. But yeah, you're quite right that it's the outside of the box thinking. And so actually, in, in our modern society, that outside of the box thinking is going within. That's, that's, so it's, it's looking at yourself and looking at your own needs, your own requirements. I see that. I get that. I mean, I suppose because I hear a lot of people, you know, and especially if they've gone through a life transition or, you know, they've been through these things that actually it's, it's it's soul searching, right? It's it's going out, but interestingly, and I suppose where where it is here, you say to them, you know, where do you go to recharge? What's your leisure and pleasure? And it's generally up a mountain or in the sea. You know, people people tend to go to one extreme or other, right? And and this is I'm seeing a parallel here for yourself, you know, in terms of it's gone out there both to get away, but also then to to recharge or get not just recharge, but also then to get to, to get fired up at the same time, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I I think I think that connection with nature, it is it's hardwired into us. So you're saying that you, you you're hearing that sort of thing. Um, it is hardwired into us, and that's that you know that comes back to that original sort of statement I made was nature is the forgotten requirement for healthy living. Why why is it we forget that? Is it is it just lifestyles convenience speed of life i mean what what is it that we're forgetting it's definitely from my experience and my own thoughts is that it that we've we've created a society where we believe and this is the i think the the, the source of it where we believe that we as humans know best we've forgotten that that actually nature is boss we think we are the boss so we've created all these systems and everything that detaches us from from that. So you know, like in the entertainment industry, um, you know how we just how we live our lives. You know, like 
we we could quite easily not be physically active in a day. We go outdoors. We go into a, a building that has recycled air. We're not getting natural light, you know. So we've like on on so many different levels, we've actually detached ourselves from that. It's that it is that aspect. I suppose it's it's just an unhealthy lifestyle. But then that also probably appeals to the go side of us or to the, the the lazy side of us that says, yeah, I could be out there getting cold and a bit wet or whatever. Or you've been here all cozy and sort of sitting still and doing whatever, right? So it's yeah, it's, it's a bit of both. Yeah, and 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 I I, I like what you said there because because actually with with modern life, we, it is it is quite easy to to not challenge ourselves in um in that way. You know, we can we can easily not just go through life sort of wrapped, quite wrapped up in cotton wool. And, and many people do. I think that's what I recognised in myself is that I actually need that challenge. I need that um, adventure in my life. And I, I believe we all do because, again, that is hardwired into us. That, and this comes to, to the other element of what I'm involved with now is this primal coaching because this, this primal, and that, that is really about getting really back to basics and looking at the the hunter-gatherer lifestyle. So as far as I'm concerned, that hunter-gatherer is the purest expression of the human experience. That is, you know, just to give a little brief there, but for two and a half million years, we've we've lived with certain conditions, that adventure, that challenge. We've had selection pressure as coming on to us as well, environmental factors that, that, that cause these pressures. And so we've detached ourselves from that through, um, through civilization, basically. And I'm not saying civilization is bad, but um, we, we're, we've forgotten certain things because of 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 what we've created at the same time. Uh, at the risk of sounding like an old man, I suppose, I mean, in, in our generation, I'm going to put you in a similar age bracket to me, but um, in our generation, has it not been that, you know, we've gone from a stage of ride your bicycles, you know, disappear, you know, for, for long periods of time, you know, just the, the, the mothering, I'm going to call it mothering noose, <laughs> the, the mothering protection area has has completely changed right so i mean now what i'm just wondering is that then feeding the aspect of you know kids are not as used to just disappearing just you know running about in forest glens whatever getting mucky getting wet getting cold you know getting dry having fun you know is that a part of it you think or is it just is it the sedentary lifestyle is it the, the lazy aspect of us i mean what is it you think is it you know what? What's changed? Yeah, yeah. The, the that um, digital acceleration, the, the, or the, the the last um, few decades has definitely accelerated that disconnect that I'm talking about. It was all. It was. It's. It's been that disconnect has. As I think, my my belief is, as soon as we started introducing agriculture and set, settling, then we we started attaching ourselves from that way of life, but. We, we've we've always sort of 
got on fairly well and been quite connected to to that organic natural sort of way of life and then but but things have accelerated we've, we've detached ourselves even further from that in in the last few decades and i think that technological age is is definitely uh plays a plays a big contributing factor there i, I suppose uh, i always find it interesting because when you talk about marketing or social media it's, it's realizing that we are the product <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, people go, well, Facebook's free. It's like, yes, because <laughs> you're the product that people are, are paying to get in front of. So, you know, you're the product of that, which I, which I always find quite interesting. But but I suppose also that it's it's feeding our ego in terms of the comparison. It's 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 appealing to us. So it's it's nigh on impossible potentially for a person because they've got their own free will and then they've got the entire marketing department of that's not just back on facebook you've got the entire marketing department of facebook and instagram and all the rest you've got all the behavioralists that saying how can we get you to click this button what can we do to appeal to you so it's like one human which is spectacular but one human versus multiple humans and ai and machines and everything else um so it, it's going to be hard right Oh, we, without a doubt, yeah. And because because in a way, and this is how I feel and to some extent, is that I'm going against the grain of of society, that mainstream society. Uh, and that is obviously challenging. But I think more and more people are, are sort of realising some of the things you're talking about, you know, realising that actually what we are producing as a society is not actually that good for us as humans. It might be good for making profit, it might be good for corporations, but actually for us as individuals, our health, our wellness, our well-being, you only look around at how, you know, how messed, messed up things are. You know, let's be honest, like we, we, you know, there's an epidemic of massive proportions in many different areas, mental health, obesity, you know, the other diseases that are out there, you know, like. We are so far out of balance, so far out of whack. It's it's unbelievable. I, I love this concept of personal re rewilding. You know, I think that that in itself is just it's a real catch for me. And I think, you know, for for you, what was the process of doing that? You know, and what what are the sort of the hints or tips that actually other people might find useful? Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I had to turn the heater off. Um, yeah. So for me, it, I, I found that the, the, first, the starting point for me was to find a catalyst, like this linchpin that's sort of going to motivate and, and keep you um, moving in that, that right direction. So for me, that was exercise. It was running. It was connecting with, with nature through running. So I, I, I am a runner, I'm an ultra marathon runner, run marathons and, and things. I am not interested in in times. You know, I don't I don't run for for a PB, for a personal best. You know, I run to be my best, to be the best version of myself. So again, it's a shift, it's that moving out of that ego mind into, into yourself more. So so for, that's a starting point, really, for me. And everyone's journey is going to be different. But then that got me out outdoors, the excuse to get into nature, connect with those places. And I know from, from the time I spent 
working with people in these these environments how powerful nature is you know just the, the the views the challenge that does get picked up you know you have to rely on your your intuition much more um yeah so so that exercise was was key to me i also then started getting interested in uh wim hof is quite current at the moment um his he does a lot of uh cold water is the ice man he jumps in cold water but there's there's a breathing technique behind it as well so so i got really interested in that so i started um jumping into cold water doing lots of breath work uh, meditations um and then that also coming back to the the exercise that really i became very committed and I, and that i drew on a lot of um motivation and resources i didn't know i had so that was this important so i sort of set a goal to run my first marathon a, a trail marathon which i didn't even at the point at the time i didn't even believe i could achieve like i i wasn't even sure whether i could actually do it um but so that drew a lot of resort you know resources into me so i i really cleaned up my my diet at that point because i was like right i'm really focused on that um i cleaned up my 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 eating patterns i moved into this um it's called a fat as fuel so because one of the key things in modern life that we've become detached from is that we live, we eat a very high carbohydrate diet, high sugar diet, and we we get stuck in this carbohydrate metabolism, which isn't actually natural to um, to us as humans, to that primal organic human. So so I started shifting my my um, my eating pattern, and then then went into this fat as fuel. So I'm tapping into my body fat stores. Which is what that primal human would have always done. Is that that was what we know as a sort of form of ketosis? Is that is that along the right lines? Yeah, that that's yeah, pretty pretty much yeah. Um, so you're you're, ta you're tapping into by being low levels of carbs, you allow your body to then go into um, the body fat stores, which is the ketones. Yeah, so you you're you're powering your body through ketones. So the, the body doesn't actually need. It only needs minimal amount of carbohydrates, um, or or actually none. It actually makes its own um, glucose or its keto through ketones. It can power the brain and the body function in that way. So that there's there's a, there's a you know that was an important element the diet for sure for me. That's really interesting. So I mean. You know, in essence, what I'm hearing is we're 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 eating far more than we need to. We're eating a different lifestyle than the body's used to. You know, I suppose from you know the Neanderthal man going out and clubbing things, you know, to ourselves that our diet is incredibly rich and unnecessarily so. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely, and so much so that uh, there's some stat around that through 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 what I've um, been reading. Two thirds of the food that we eat in modern life um, wouldn't have been consumed in those Paleolithic times. So it just shows that the majority of the food that we're actually consuming is actually quite foreign to our system. 
And so that does create a problem, a lot more of a problem than we will ever realize or realize at this moment in time. It's, it is. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I, I myself have a cholesterol problem. I don't know whether it's a problem or what, you know, so it, it probably you see how, you know, it, Stone Age man didn't have packets of crisps. Stone Age man didn't have, there's so much, you know, that we just don't have. So we've, we've introduced this diet through want and consumerism and God knows what else, you know, so... So then your transition then to that, you know, trail, you know, doing a um, a marathon, tra a trail marathon, is that what you call it? Is that is that the right way of putting it? So how was it? How did you find sort of getting to that stage and then actually achieving that? Yeah, incredibly empowering in, in, in the, the short. Um, it was a journey. I I had to prove to myself because at that point, the, the most I'd ran was a half marathon. So 13 miles. So I, I, I sort of booked in a few, um, well, I booked in a, a 17 miler. And, and again, that was proving to myself, each step I was proving to myself, I can do it, I can do it. Um, and then the actual event itself was, was amazing. I was quite well trained. I was positive, felt good. Um, it was a tough event, actually. It was a it was a trail run through central Wales on the coast in the peak of winter, December. It was cold, had sideways rain. By the end of it, it was like someone turned the shower on, and and I was just drenched right through. And I was quite I was close to hypothermia in the end, to be honest. But um, I I, wasn't, I didn't have the right kit um, either. So that that didn't help, but um, but that that whole experience of running my first trail marathon it, it empowered me. It showed me that actually I had a lot more resources, um, potential within me that is 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 going un, untapped. It's going unseen. So so that that led on to a number of other things beyond that as well. So it is is the trail marathon? Is it still twenty? Was it twenty six point four miles? It's the same distance. You have different elevations. I take it you're going up and down glens and dales, or are you? Or, or what's what's? Yeah, the... yeah. It was yeah. So so it is the same distance, but it was um, it's up and over uh, hills, mountainous terrain. You know, you're not running on on pavement, so it's not, it's it's undulating. You've got trip hazards and. You know all that sort of stuff. So there's definitely a, a different type of running training required. You know, you do, you definitely need to be a bit more sure on your feet um, than than if you're just running a a, a road marathon. Um, yeah, and but that that is what I you know I'm used to that environment, that terrain, having like be a mountain leader. So that it just came naturally for me. I imagine whenever whenever you're actually doing it, I mean, having maybe coming down a mountain, broken into a bit of a run myself, is like you have to be clear of mind, right? You have to be entirely present there, else you're you're gonna have a few problems with, you know, falling over rocks and God knows what else, right? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. So again, I think that's that's a, a, a key point to make is that yeah, for me as well, that that running in that environment did force me into that present moment or does force me into that present moment, being a lot more mindful of what's actually happening and not thinking about 
all the, the crap that is going on in, in, in life, you know. So you choose your first one, you got a taste of, you know, a few lessons learned and you got a taste for it then, right? So what, I mean, it was just a case then, well, let's do another one. I mean, I imagine there's probably a bit of a community builds up as well in those, in that specific niche area, is there? Yeah, yeah, there's, there is, there's, there's quite a, um, quite a big community around trails, trail running, ultra marathon scene as well. Um, like you say, quite niche, but yeah, I, I had absolutely no desire after that one initially to do to do any other event but then it settles and and I, and, I, and it was like I'd learned so much amazing stuff it had been that catalyst for me as I, as I as explained that I couldn't just get rid of that you know because and I, and I, I say this quite often now that it wasn't the marathon or the ultra marathons I've done since it's not them events that I'm actually that interested in. That that's a, that's like a cherry on top. It's all the other stuff. So that that event is twenty percent of why I do it. Everything else is eighty percent in the training. So it's getting me out to those wild places, being focused on and disciplined with myself to eat the right type of food, to do the things that I know are going to lift me, make me much more healthier and in a better place for that that challenge and that's i mean it's you know i suppose in, in the in the rewilding process that is that isn't it it's kind of going yeah your your fancy phone's not going to help you go up a mountain you know it's it's right it's, it's sort of you versus you which is it's a concept i love it's you know the outer you versus the inner you the voice in your head it's the you then need to match your body to match the, the spirit of wanting to do these things right yeah yeah, that's that really nicely put. Actually, yeah, yeah, it's 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 realigning yourself to be able to, you know, because they are they are challenges, particularly some of the the like the the ultra marathons I've done, like they put your body through a trauma. You know, there's no two ways around it. Like it is a trauma that you put your body through. So you so you have to be very healthy, very fit, and you know work. And it's, you don't know what you're doing type thing. Well, I mean, it's the old concept. I mean, could anyone do it? I know we have sort of there's some potentially some physical issues or whatever, but, you know, is it possible? Because I'm sure everyone's going to go, God, I'd love to do that. I couldn't do that. All the usual sort of limiting talk, right? I mean, given time, given practice, given techniques, given correct mentorship, teaching, et cetera, do you think it's it's possible for anyone if they really want to? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it's it's all in the mind, essentially. If you get the mind right, then the body follows on. But um, but I think what you said there is the, the key thing is the desire. If you don't have a desire to do it, it's not going to be right for you, is it? You know, and it, and it's got to again. I chase that joy. I mentioned it before that that is a, a key element, and and that's what I see a lot of. I guess people get caught up that oh I should be doing a a marathon or a ten k or a half marathon or whatever like, but but it's 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 like work for them. It's it's not enjoyable. Even the training is not enjoyable. Like that to me is the sign 
okay, maybe that's not quite right for you. Like find something that really gives you that joy. Um, and with that joyful, playful attitude, then yeah, absolutely anything's possible. But for me, it took, it did take a lot of reframing of, of my own limiting beliefs. Because again, I didn't didn't believe I could do do these things. I mean, there's a book, and I, I can't remember the name of the author, but um, it's the Scott is Scott Jarrick, and they talked about board to run. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, a fabulous book. I mean, it's something I, I read. Uh, I'm going to say two years ago, but the concept, and I I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, but they talk about so one, it is about sort of almost ketosis type running, you know, whereby you you're running on the fat as opposed on the sugar. Um, but I think, I think it was that book or maybe another book they talked about. So they do the, the ultra, is it ultra marathons? And then there was a lady won it who was actually breastfeeding at the stops yeah. as well. I, I don't know if I'm getting the story right, but it was something like she won the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have heard of that. Yeah. I, ha I haven't read that book. I've read the born to run book, yep. which was a really like, big inspiration for me, but but the, the, what you're saying there, the, the lady, I don't know her name either, but I, I had also heard that the lady won this ultra marathon event, you know, beating males as well, by, and then stopping doing breastfeeding as well. Like, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things and you kind of go on, okay, she can do that. And which, which is great because sometimes the mind works on comparisons. Like, hold on, as you say, like, so female breastfeeding, you know, post labor, anything above. I mean, I mean, it's a traumatic event as it is. You know, without adding a number of those factors onto it as well, right? So yeah, it just sort of goes. What's your excuse? You're like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and 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 what what you're saying there that it taps in to the potential that we actually have naturally built into our system. It's hardwired into our body. This this potential that 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 is the fire in the belly that, that I'm talking about. Like that is what really interests me, draws me in. Like I want to push myself to some extent hard. You know, I want to see what I can actually achieve. But and, and at the same time, I've realized what I can do to, to some extent and the, the benefits and the power of that. And now I want to share that. I want to help others get into that place, that mindset, and and in the physical sense as well. Well, it's the, it's like the phases of learning, isn't it? I mean, the first thing is you learn for yourself, and you learn how to do it, and all the rest. You then come to the point of teaching others, so you learn how to teach, you know, and to inspire and to teach others. And then there's almost the third phase where actually you sort of you break new ground. You become you become the actual you become the lesson itself that actually people can almost teach what you have experienced, what you've done and, and, and which is beautiful. Right. I mean, that's, if we did all, if we all did that, give back our, you know, our positive learnings, our positive benefits, I mean, the world would be a better place. Wouldn't it? Would it? I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The passions, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, I believe everyone's got that, that something in them, that fire in the belly, like you talk about. and it's just realizing that but that requires that following the heart doesn't it like following what feels good to you 
and rejecting that that doesn't. And, and uh, you know, coming back to that sort of point, you know, how we, where we've got ourselves is that probably a lot of people, because modern life is, is head-centered, isn't it? It's like that's the sensible thing to do is to follow that path, that career, that whatever. But we forget to follow our heart and, and listen to actually what we want in, internally. And, and we, we, we've forgotten that. And that's a, a key, key point, I think. It's interesting. There's a guy I, I follow there, um, Kyle Wilson, who was, you know, worked quite closely with Jim Rowan. And it's only, I, I don't know when the transition's made, but I mean, he's very big into marketing, big into books. He, he marketed essentially Jim Rowan and made him what it was. He's, he's working with so many other people. But it's more and more so now, and I think it's common across where people are now searching uh, not the finances, not the riches. They're now searching actually to find themselves. So the term spirituality is coming up, not religion, but spirituality is coming up and, and sort of going, what's it all about? And I don't know whether as a global collective, we're all saying that it's going, you know, the pandemic is, you know, whatever your thoughts are on it, it it's done a wonderful thing potentially for hitting the reset button or the pause button for many people, right? I, I agree, yeah. Um, I, I think it's, yeah, and I felt it, it's, it, I, I was furloughed for the best part of 18 months on and off, you know, so that forced me into a place to, to really consider my own life, what I want. I was quite tapped in and tuned into that anyway, but I'm seeing that a lot more outside as well. I think it's given people that chance to slow down, to realise, actually, you know, why am I doing that? Why am I stressing myself out? Why am I rushing around? Because again, we're not meant to live like that. The, the, the pace of life is too crazy, too hectic. The things we do, we know generally aren't great for us, but yet we do it still. So that there's definitely some, some key benefits that will come out of this last few years. And I think that's definitely one of them, yeah. I think it's... I, I get a sense that a lot of it is, you know, people sort of thinking they need massive riches, massive fame, massive everything, when actually, you know, it's, I know for a lot of people, it seems, you know, they talk about the, the what is it, the great, the great resignment, uh, or the great resignation, sorry, you know, in America, they've, I think they've coined this phrase, like 25% of people have left their job or something crazy or, or reposition, which, but it's that aspect of that resettling, I suppose, and it's it's almost linking it back to what you were saying about the amount of food, you know, so saying, oh, I, I need more food to get up the mountain, you know, it's, it's actually you need less and you probably just need a better type of food. So it's, you know, the volume is not a problem, um, you know, and it's it's not that you, you haven't got the resources you have. You just need to learn to reuse them in a different way. Yeah, that's spot on. And, and actually, as you said that, it, it reminded me of something as well, a sort of key key point um, is that we we don't need to add extra things to our life because that, that's what we've done for, you know, really, again, that's probably that last 20, 30 years, we've been adding more and more and it's just made us take on more. So actually, we need to start taking things away take that away, take that away and get back to basics. That, that, you know, that's that back to basics mentality I'm talking about. Because we've got everything we need here in our body, in our minds, but we've stopped trusting that because we were looking outside of ourselves 
for something that actually is is there anyway. We just need to slow that down and tune in. Well, that's certainly bleeding obvious. I mean, what, what's what's the benefit? I mean, it, is it down to you think? Is it purely mental? Is it physical? What? Why do it? Because people might say, well, listen, I'm quite cozy on my couch and I've got my nine to five and I get my Chinese at the weekend or whenever they get right. And they do the sort of going, yeah, I'm looking at you and that looks like a lot of hard work, right? You know, so are you better off than than, than us as such, you know? That, that's a tough one to answer because like, you know, everyone's, I think everyone's different and unique in their own way, aren't they? So, but I, I feel that you need to feel drawn into to something like that to make those changes, things kick up in your own life, don't they? So for me, it was like things kicked up to the, to the extent when I was that indoor bloke that um, that made me realise I need to change some things. You know, so I think there is, personally, I, I see and I, and I sense a lot of discontentment around us. I think, I think if you're honest with yourself, you know that that maybe what you're doing is not actually that fulfilling it's comfortable but it's not actually that fulfilling and really you know it does it does also require that asking that bigger deeper question is actually what do you want what do you want from your life do you know what i mean like um and actually I've done a post, I haven't posted it yet, but talking about contemplating death, like at the end of your life, what do you want to be able to say? You know, and it's, there's a, there's a concept, there's, there's a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that I, I know quite well. It sounds like you know about it, with your shape. One of the key concepts there is start with the end in mind. And it is so important. Like, and, and that book talks about um, contemplating your deathbed. You know what happens? How do you want to feel? Do you do you? Are you how have you lived your life? Or is there going to be any regrets? And that's what I'm. You know that again links back to that uninspired adventurer that that I. That's the person I want to be working with because. They, they have that inside them. They want that adventure. They want to live life to the most, to the maximum. But maybe they're just a little bit comfortable, a little bit scared, and that's okay because we're all, you know, like there, aren't we? Like fear is a big thing to sort of overcome, but it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like to off, quite often, change just starts with a little shift, doesn't it? And, that, and that's all you need to do, you know. And so that that bit, that little shift over a lifetime becomes a, a big gap. Well, it's that sort of conscious thinking, isn't it? I mean, if you're consciously saying, well, here's where I want to go, the top of that mountain, this place on the horizon, wherever, you know, both physically and I suppose mentally, you know, what I want to achieve, well, then that gives purpose and that it, it brings, you know, as you say, we're doing it with a, a conscious effort. We have a plan. We have a habit. As opposed to, sure, we'll just see what happens, or yeah, I'll just I'll do what I do, and then your life will bring what it brings. Which there there is a 
there's a beautiful part about that too of letting life just be but i think if you it depends whether you're doing it consciously or unconsciously really as well you know i, I was always sort of uh curious you know the sort of saying it's like meditation and depression have very similar traits both are about silence or quietness about isolation about so many things right but one is very much seen as a negative and one is seen as a positive um and and why is that i mean but both seem to be a a a regenerated regeneration type habit right you know of just you know sort of going into ourselves i haven't thought of that actually but that that makes a lot of sense and that, i think that connects into that last few years where we have been locked down and sort of taken away from people being a bit more isolated and, and I think that that's sort of almost in a way that's what's needed on a big global conscious level, you know, like stop, slow down, go into yourself, consider your own life. And and some it might materialize as the bit of depression or anxiety or whatever at first, but don't run away from that. Because that, that's the opportunity to go within, isn't it? Go inside yourself and work through that. And that's the path I've been on. That's, that's where the, my rewilding path has taken me now, is continually working through these emotions and like limiting beliefs that keep coming up. And that catalyst for me was the running. But I, I think that's huge because, you know, and especially uh, the life we have, you know, if you have a headache, take a pill. If you have a depression, take a pill. You know, it's all the rest. And then you're saying, well, you're dealing with the symptom. And yes, it may take away the temporary problem, but like the lump is still in the carpet. You know, it's not, it's not gone. You know, the, the, the immediate pain is gone. But again, you're not dealing with that. And I know it's uh, like Dr. Gabor Mate and, and even Stephen Peterson, all those guys, they talk about, you know, we talked about earlier about this trauma. It's still, it's locked in. It's not gone. Don't for one second think it's gone until you, as you beautifully said there, is taking the time to actually sit with it and saying, listen, I can't bury it. I can't pretend it's not here. I can't sort of forget it. It's always going to be there. And it's like, until you, until you sit with it and actually understand what's behind it, then that essentially will take the power away from it, right? Yeah, it dissipates it. It's let, that is that letting go, isn't it? That letting it be and... But doing it consciously. I think Stephen Peterson talks about that as you know, life is one long continuous thread, you know, and, and if you have a knot on that thread at any point, it's never going away. It's there until you choose to let it go. And it will always be there. You know, whereas people sort of go, Oh no, I've forgotten about that, or that, yeah, no, we we don't talk about that. And it's like it's still it's on the line, it's on the circuit. And I, I just love that sort of visual concept for people as well, to to sort of saying, listen. The rewilding process, I suspect, is part of that. As you say, it's going back and just sitting with it and saying, listen, I may feel shame, guilt, fear, anxiety, whatever, all around this, but it's always going to be there until you choose to let it go, you know, to choose to change. Talk to me about your habits then. What what sort of habits have you brought into your life and, and really sort of made it all important for you? Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting you say habits as well, because habits are the all important thing. Um, you know, we don't don't rely on motivation. If you if you rely on motivation, your, your motivation is always going to drop down at some point. But if you build those habits, 
and habits take time to build, you know, what, 21 days at least and 60 days for it to really start embedding. And then, then you've got to keep running with it, you know. So, so, but yeah, habits. So first off, I, you know, let's, let's think about what I'm, you know, just today, for example, there's, there's some habits already. So I, I, first thing I done when I woke up was I done some, some breathing, some breathing, conscious breath work. So that's one thing I've probably for the last two years, the Wim Hof method breathing, it's quick, short, sharp, flood your body with oxygen. Um, yeah, so that that is um, really beneficial to me. But that's sort of 15, 20 minutes, give, give myself that time. And that's important as well, give yourself time. We don't quite often don't give ourselves enough time. And that's that self-love. Um, so con conscious breathing, I've been out for a, for a little run. I felt terrible yesterday, I should add, yeah, like just really low. So I, I knew I needed to break out of that. Um, I went for a little three-miler, nice, slow, you know, so I, I just run cons consistently. Um, try and if I, if, I, if I don't run, I'll go and walk. I'll get that outdoor time. If I don't want to walk, I'll go and go outside and I'll go and sit, you know, in tune with my energy levels. Um, what else? I Food is an important habit. And so I, um, I'm a big fan of uh, intermittent fasting. So I'm still in a fasted state right now. I haven't eaten since seven o'clock last night. I'm not hungry. I'm okay because I'm in I'm in that fat adapted state, so which is what we're sort of talking about. Um, and so that intermittent fasting is an important element because that cleans system. It cleans the system. Um, but then when I do eat, I eat that wholesome food: meat, fish, eggs, plenty of fat, good quality fat. Um, what else? Veg, fruit, nuts, little bit of dairy, and you know, from time to time, I I let myself go a little bit, you know, because I live in the modern world. But you know, I might eat some dark chocolate, moderate, moderately, okay. But I know if I go out of alignment, I know how to bring myself back. Course correct, I call it when I work with my clients. I have the ability to course correct. That's what I teach my clients as well. So, um, yeah, there's there's some there's some key ones there. Cold shower. I forgot to mention that. Obviously, got to have a cold shower. <laughs> I, I love the fact. I suppose. I mean, one is just you know you sort of saying like yesterday you just you felt awful. You know, I'm feeling better. You know, and that's I think a lot of people forget that really, don't they? And saying. It's like someone explained to me the difference between, you know, motivation, inspiration, and transformation. You know, motivation and inspiration, when you're feeling a bit shitty, when you're feeling you just, I don't know, something, your day's not going well, and, you know, whatever's happening, right? You will lose motivation and inspiration very quickly. But yet, if you've, if you've gone through pure transformation aspect and saying, listen, I accept it, that's, that's part of the journey that I, I am both ends of the spectrum. I am both the best version of me and the worst version of me. And that's okay. I just I choosing to be on the, the the upper side of that, and 
if I slip back, that's okay. Um, but I then choose to recorrect as, as opposed to going, I had a terrible day. I'm an awful person. My life's basically over. Let's forget about it. Let's ball it quits and, and job done, right? You know, so it's, it, it's that tolerance of self and a love of self. I think, as you said, it's that loving yourself enough to say, listen, I give myself a chance to have a bad day and, and that's okay. You got, you got to, I think you've got to have those bad days. Like, let yourself really feel what it feels like to feel crap, <laughs> you know, feel, feel that sort of like bubbling up of anger, depression, whatever it may be. Like, let it be there, but don't let it be there too long. You know? So, I woke up this morning, I was like, right, today is going to be a different day type thing, you know. And then I go back to my habits. I know these habits will will lift me. You know, they are what what empower me. That change my change my thought process. So I'll go and do those. And that's the power of the habit. Yeah. Do, do you find? I mean, is it does it take inspiration from others? Do you need coaching, mentorship, etc.? Do you find that's useful in your life, and and why are you doing it for others, or or what what do you find you need to get motivated? I, now nowadays I'm pretty in tune with with myself and, and ultimately that's where I feel that you know that's where I've got to in, in my stage of the journey so I, I sort of know that I'm feeling a bit crappy so I need to do this this and this you know so I know my own triggers my own responses so but to get to that stage yeah it helps to have people to help guide you um i've i've worked with many mentors you know like coaches and, and people in the past i read self-help books listen to podcasts around the same type type of information you know so, so i'm always constantly growing learning you know and i think that's a, a key element to this as well you know like not to not to stand still because every day is a school day and we've got, always got things to learn <laughs> Well, that's true, isn't it? I mean, as humans, as you know, for all our, our our sort of weirdness and all the rest, we are, I think, we are designed to grow, aren't we? We're we're all designed to learn more, hear more, see more, do more, whatever, right? That that is something that is fundamentally built into us. Yeah, and that, and that's a, actually a key point because we're not, you know, linking it back to that indoor bloke experience again, because I've put some time and contemplation into that. I was in a state of survival of existence i was just existing and in that state of existence you don't grow or very slowly so i my story i, I sort of on my website i call it going from survival to revival and that and that is that state of growth introducing these habits that we're talking about which is so key isn't it i mean it's that it is that you know that that survival aspect and so many people are i mean it, it's you know there's, there's so many people are just getting through life they're not living life you know they're not doing it they're just like kind of going right i go from a to b and same with my job same with everything else I'll, I'll get to this age i'll have hopefully have a bit of money maybe i will maybe i won't i'll do this i'll retire and then i'll die quietly in the corner and, and that's it right you know it's it's uh, that doesn't <laughs> sound so appealing like that does it <laughs> no it doesn't you know and that's the thing you know you know, haven't worked and made money for somebody else for God knows how many years and all the rest. And But I think there's also that resetting thing. And, you know, and I do love that sort of personal rewilding aspect because it's like, 
you know, how much do you need? Genuinely, so because people go, well, we'll just, we need more to need more to need more. We need more so that I can have a bigger car. And if I have a bigger car, I have a bigger debt. I have a bigger debt, I need to get a better job or work harder. And, and then you kind of go, what, what's the car doing for you? You know, what, what's any of it doing for you? You know, and you're going out of here in a boxer in some shape or form. Yeah. You, you can't bring the BMW with you or whatever. So what's your choice? What's going on here? And, and, and that's that, I think, drawer of modern life we're talking about is the draw of the ego and what we've that marketing genius that we've that we we're, we're assaulted by you want this you need that so that rewilding process i'm talking about requires a shutting off of that i don't watch the news i don't i, I just don't i'm just not interested in it anymore not because you know I, it's important to know what's going on but like it just creates anxieties and and upsets me to be honest. It's like, right, let's focus on number one, and that and that's a key key element there, isn't it? Like, we we think that focusing on ourselves is selfish because that's sort of always always what we've been told. But actually, it's it's the most important thing you can do. If you're not looking after yourself, then how are you going to look after other people? your loved ones so those habits we're talking about are so key giving yourself that time that space prioritizing yourself and that's a really key message that i want to bring through as well it's you know there's a couple of things you, you said there and, and i suppose it's like saying to people you know mind your own business and we see that as a derogatory or a negative term but it's like no genuinely please mind your own business because you know, if you're not minding you, yourself, then what the hell are you minding? You know, you're in free fall, whatever, if, if you're too busy looking at someone else. But it's also that aspect of being selfish, you know, recharging self, you know, being the best that you can be is, you know, focusing on that and saying, listen, no problem. Once once you've got your, your own self mastered, then please feel free to, to come and teach us and tell us more. But, you know, be selfish, be self-fulfilled, be self, you know, um, you know, self-mastery. And then, yeah, feel free to, to give to the world. Absolutely. That's, and that's almost, that's your duty, you know, once, once you fulfill that self-mastery aspect. So, and people don't get that. As you say, people, I don't know, it's society or whatever we, we've led to believe is like, oh, don't be so selfish. And it's like, well, yeah, well, how about you, you come with your cup full first and then we talk as opposed to, yeah, come come and, and sort of drain from the cup or, or take it all away. But that, uh, yeah, and you're spot on. It's, I think, and, and that, that's entangled in so much psychological, you know, I think we've, we've been assaulted by, you know, like psychologically on through marketing, through messaging that we receive from every angle you know so how do you get out of that you know what i mean like it's it's very tough but I, and i and I, I i again it's probably a point to raise we have to unlearn you know and that's that's a process i take my clients through as well like unlearn some of the things we've always been told that we have always thought to be true 
because actually it's, there's quite a lot of things that aren't that we believe to be true. So unlearning is a, is a key part of, of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Someone pointed out recently, I have, I have three young kids and, um, you know, he's sort of like, oh, what are you teaching them? It's like, what makes you think you're teaching them? Are they not teaching you? And it's like, uh, yeah, okay, I, I'll take that. You know, they are. And that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, educationally, you might argue that they don't know as much as me, but in terms of, you know, their emotions, in terms of their wonderment of life, in terms of their learning capacity and all that, they actually know a hell of a lot more than me. You know, that they've not, they've, they've not been you know, is weighed down with all the experiences and the fears and the anxieties and everything of life because they're, they're, you know, they're free souls, right? They're just, they're, they're free to be. I can relate to that. I've got a five-year-old daughter and she pushes my buttons for sure, as most kids do, but, but the amount I do learn from her, like she teaches me, like how to, um, if I'm, if I'm, raising my voice at her she doesn't respond to that you know telling her to do this do that do that you know i've had to really take a step back at certain points to be like all right what's not working here you know be be a bit more conscious of the actions i'm taking and um so she's in that way she's teaching me it's choosing i mean and that, that's so different right because <laughs> I mean, we're sort of almost a generational thing. It's, you know, yes, we got to cycle our bikes, but we're also told to, you know, sort of almost, you know, the kids are, you know, speak when you're spoken to and, and you know, it's there's so many things. So I don't know, we, we seem to have gone through this phase and I get it, you know, with kids and it's like now, it's like, don't, you know, be very careful of the words you use, be care very careful of what you say and, you know, how we limit them and, and the beliefs we have. It's, I mean, do you think there is a change? Is there is there changes coming? Have we sort of woken up as a as a society and such? It, it, around what bringing up children? Do you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, just in terms of actually triggering change in general. So both, I suppose, both the kids and also, you know, societies. You know, sort of, we are. Well, are we? I don't know. We are we looking at our meaning of life? Are we looking at our dad? We're, we're questioning more things. Do you think, or or do you think we've still you know, we're still well stuck in the mud. No, I, I, I don't think we're stuck in the mud. I, I think, I think that's what this last few years has been like. Not just the last few years; it goes on beyond that, really. But it is causing us, you know, this sort of discontentment that we've talked about is in people, whether you, rec you know, whether you recognise it or not at the moment. You know, there is lots of issues going on. And so, but it comes back to, all right, well, what, what can I do about this? You know, it's like, keep bringing it back to yourself. Like, what's my role in this? Take responsibility for, for yourself type thing. And so, and, and, and that's how you work through, through that, I believe. Do you think, I mean, in general, are, are we pain driven or pleasure driven? I mean, what, what, what's more inspiring to people and what's more, long term you know what's what's going to make us learn long term pain or pleasure driven that's a good question probably probably a bit of both um 
I think pain's a, a big, big motivator, isn't it? Um, yeah, that that really. I think I think you've got to experience a certain level of pain in your life to then seek the pleasure. I think I think that's that's my experience. Felt feeling that pain, that anguish, or you know what came from that indoor bloke experience I'm talking about being disconnected, discontent in my own life. It's just how painful will you let it get? And then when does that trigger come in to then start seeking that pleasure? Because, you know, we can shape our lives through the habits, through what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, through our own mind, can't we? So once you go through the pain, I, I believe, enough, you start realising, all right, I don't want that, so what do you want? And start working towards that, yeah. I suppose it is, I mean, having the, maybe the, is it the wisdom to actually, you know, understand that actually pain, you know, everything we're doing, we're, we, everything we're doing is a choice. You know, even if you're in pain, it's a choice. You're choosing to stay in pain or choosing to, to not change. You know, because people say, oh, I'm stuck here. It's like, no, 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 you're choosing to be there. So let's let's get this whole stuck per me out of the way and saying, you know, part of you is choosing to be here, you know, because this is how we recognize self. And then actually the identity of self that says, you know, we, we you know, if, if we're choosing to be in pain, then what are we not choosing? We're not, you know, we're not choosing to step into what we're capable of or we're not doing because of fear, you know, so... Both can be, and I agree. I mean, both are useful. Both, uh, I think most of society, unfortunately, is pain driven, you know, and that's part of who we are. But then also, maybe it's age, maybe it's wisdom, maybe it's, I don't know, it's experience that says we can do this because we get to, which is different. Totally, you know, getting to or having to are massively different in terms of motivations, right? I, I agree with what you're saying there. Like, maybe where we are at the moment is that a lot of people are in that pain-driven way and, and you know sometimes avoid just trying to avoid that not realizing what you can seek but maybe that is where I think maybe answer your other question was was where we're going we're moving away from that pain we've got to work through it and then we're going to that place where we are seeking the pleasure we're shaping our lives taking responsibility for things and I think it's a process that's got to happen. Does it have to happen? This is this is what worries me, or does it worry me? I mean, it's just I don't know. It, it's I'd love to say it has to happen, but I think so many people. It's a bit like people, you know, you say how many people live with fire in their belly, and, and unfortunately, I hate to say it, but it's like my gut feeling is it's like less than twenty percent actually do what they love to do. They genuinely find their fire in the belly, and I think. I could depress the hell out of myself and say it's even less than 20%. You know, people just go through, it's like, I have to do this. This is, you know, I'm stuck here. I'm, it's too late. I have the resources, all the 50 things, you know, and saying, do you have to change? You don't have to. I really hope you do, but unfortunately, you don't have to. Yeah, I I, I understand and I definitely see what you're saying. But I, I, you know, I, I'm quite hopeful for the future these days. Like I, I, I do believe that that is where we're going collectively. You know, into a world where 
we we are seeking um, to be more in tune with with who we are at that hardwired level that we talked about, and more in tune with with our own sort of like passions and inspiration. You know, the fire in the belly you're talking about. I I I believe that is where we're going. We're just in that like a real messy transition on a big level, I, I believe, or a messy transition at the moment. And it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's going to happen. It's going to take years and years to go through this, yeah. Do people get you? No. <laughs> in short, not, not really. I, some people do, yeah. But, um, yeah. Why do you ask that? No, it's just, I mean, I asked like, quite a lot of guests, actually, because especially when we're, we're, we're pioneers in a certain area or we've got to a certain period in our life, it's sometimes we get so far down the rabbit hole and we, you know, you can't unsee what you've seen. And then it, it becomes the gap between sort of people that you know or other people versus yourself becomes so big that actually, you know, people sort of sit there and go on. I either don't get you or I, I can't see, I can't see how I could become what you've become. But it's like, well, hold on. We, I, I've led exactly the same journey as you, you know? So it's interesting. Some people say, listen, I don't mind if people don't get me. Whoever needs to get me will get me and whoever doesn't, doesn't. And that's okay. And I get that. I get that bit too. And saying, listen, yeah, okay. You wouldn't choose to do what I'm doing, but that's fine. I don't choose to do what you're doing. So we're, we're all okay. Right. You know, um, just people feel differently about it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and I think I can relate to what you just said there. A lot of people don't get me um, because probably I am. You know, I I find it hard to have surface surface small talk conversations these days. Um, whereas that's where a lot of people are at, and and you know that's fine. But you know, I would much rather have these types of conversations to be honest these days. And um, but that is. For me, that's now my challenge, the journey that I want to give back to people, help people see and experience this, is to actually to break it down enough so people understand it. How am I doing with that at the moment? Probably not great. <laughs> but it's like that is the journey that I'm on. Right? I, you know, really break it down. And that's good, is it? I mean, but that's that's part of the thing is, you know, again, it's different levels of wisdom, different levels of understanding that, you know, you look at people will spend their entire lifetime becoming a teacher as such, you know, becoming a, a you know, motivating. I mean, there's your sad gurus, your Bob Proctors, you you know, you name it. I mean, it's, it is literally a lifetime's vocation um, to help people. And, and that's OK, too. You know, it's it's, it's I suppose it's. And it does start with, you know, liking and loving yourself. I mean, do you like yourself? Do you love yourself? Yeah. It's taken me a lot, a lot of time to, to get there. But yeah, and, and have I got some work to do? Yeah. But I do like and I do love myself for sure. And, and I think that is an important, a port, important thing. People don't get that saying is I love myself enough to forgive myself that actually I know I've worked to do. And when I do, when I do falter and I do have a shitty day that I love myself enough to say, listen, it's OK. You know, and there's some there was some statistic. I always find it just fascinating is 
when it comes to taking a course of antibiotics or medicine, there's a higher chance that you will make sure that the cat or the dog gets the full course of antibiotics or medicine than you will for yourself. And it's like, you know, do, do you not care enough about yourself to make sure it's there? And yet, you know, your, your furry friend comes in first, you know, it's like, that's bizarre, right? You know, it's, but it's also reassuring that there, there is an element of service built into every one of us, but I suppose it's what's the intention of service, you know, that's, it's always a different aspect. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's what is the future hold for Lewis? What's the what's the intention? What's the plans? I'm very excited about the future. En enthusiastic for sure. Um, so for me, I in in the distant future, I I, I want to to help people connect with nature themselves through nature that sort of thing okay I, I envisage like some sort of center where like a healing center where I can bring people run workshops and just retune back into nature maybe just unit using you know my background is, is in bushcraft that 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 is so powerful just so overlooked you know building fires shelter building cooking on open fires tuning in learning about the trees the plants that sort of thing you know and the uses around them as well because they're, 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 they're so useful and when you start learning about it you start valuing nature as well so i want that i want i want people to um to go on adventures I want to be delivering like these real cool adventures. You know, I've been doing them for years myself. I've been taking groups away as well, you know. Um, but I really want to harness that. So yeah, I mean that that's the distant future. In the sort of interim, it's working with with people on one to one level. Uh, that's what I'm doing now. So I'm. Um, Coaching people one to one, getting them working through their their habits that we talked about, you know, food, exercise, and other lifestyle habits like getting outdoors, getting vitamin D from the sun, you know, loads of other things. Supporting them, giving them that, that accountability that we need because it's it's tough. Um, and I'm also putting on little events as well. So I I put on a, a day last month. Um, it was called the Wild Reboot Day for Men, and that that's about just get you know that day was we a day out in the Peak District, hopping over boulders and squeezing through holes in in the rock. We jumped into the river. We done some breath work, you know, and it, it was a bringing together of men, like-minded men as well, and that's powerful. That's really important because that's Particularly men, I do feel drawn to work with everyone, but like men, because they're so shy, I feel. Um, so, so yeah, and um, so that's a little bit about what I'm doing. So it's just continual, continuing with that till I get to that healing center. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, it's all it's all happening, right? It's all just on the way to this. This is the journey that we get to we get to go through to to get to our 
final destination or you know what are you know are your purpose i mean for you is that your purpose is that your you know that's the, the sort of your meaning of your life do you think yeah pretty much to to you know help people to you know re revive body and mind for themselves that that is my purpose how do i do that through nature through connecting with nature through reconnecting with our own wild nature basically tuning into who you are and i love even you know you talked about the rewilding aspect it's it's like you are already wild you're just you know you've just either forgotten it or you haven't tapped it yet you know and it's already built in which which is so beautiful for so many people and say so, you know because they're saying there's so many things i'm not and it's like yeah but there's so many things you are and i just knew that you know it's taken that time so you know it's beautiful beautiful what's what is a bit of a guilty pleasure for lewis what what would we find you doing if a guilty pleasure yeah <laughs> um you know i i smoked for about 10 years so I um, and I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I'm um, I'm known to to sit around a fire with a big old fat cigar. That's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Um, yeah, that's probably the probably the big one. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Sounds awesome. <laughs> it's like, um, that's a nice way to be. And and do you have a favorite spot? You know, if you are. Leisure, pleasure, or downtime? I mean, what's is there a certain area that you always feel drawn to? Probably, probably a few different areas, really. I mean, I, I'm massively inspired by the Peak District. You know, I spent a lot of time there. I, I live on the doorstep of the Peak District. Um, but more closer to home, I actually found... I, I live by a canal, and so I, I run all around the canals and... All around the fields and things. I'm only only a small town. Two miles out of town is um, there's a river by the canal, and during lockdown I I just stumbled across it. You know, it's sort of like a bit of a private area. Shouldn't really be there. It's a really beautiful spot, and I've called it lockdown sand because it's like a, a nice beachy sort of bit. So I, I tend to get there quite a lot these days. Just, you know, or just like a little private, I run up there, take my shoes off, jump in the water, do a meditation. I take my daughter up there and, you know, throw stones or whatever. Nice way to be, isn't it? Just to connect to the water and to the land and just, yeah, it's nice that it's on your doorstep too, so. And, and I think that's an important point to make, actually, because I think before lockdown, you know, the Peak District or go here, go there. You know, I love going to North Wales as well. The mountains in North Wales, the Lake District inspires me every time I go there. But actually, obviously, during lockdown, you were pulled in. So I know lots of people are out exploring. And that's obviously what, what I got. So you don't have to go all around the country, all around the world for these places. Like, look on your own doorstep. Like, there's going to be places around. Go and find it. It's there. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, there's a metaphor for life, though, isn't it? You know, you don't need to go miles or have millions or do whatever. Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe it's nice and maybe that's part of the journey, but it's also not necessary to, to have, you know, to have what you have now. So that's a beautiful message. It is, yeah. And I definitely can relate to that. I mean, I've... Um, 
done a lot of traveling back in back in the day. I I took three gap years. Um, that's what I tell people. <laughs> um, you know, done a lot of traveling and then I've worked, uh, done expeditions as well. I've done so been on like twenty five quite considerable expeditions, both personally and professionally, off the beaten track, and. That was one thing I noticed. It's amazing to go out to these places and like see, meet the people that have, you know, particularly like somewhere like Uganda, they have so little, but are so happy with their life. And that was a seed that was planted um, into me. Like, because that was, I, I just kept asking myself, was like, why are they so happy? Like, we, we're constantly told we should have this and do this and do this, that, and the other, you know. But actually, these people, are, you know, have quite horror, you know, um, rough, tough lives. But what they, what I realised they had, was that they live much closer to our organic natural state, close to nature, community. You know, like um, much closer to, to to that, and so. That was that's been a big influence for me. So, but but going and doing all these travel experiences, I realised you don't need to go out there. It's, it's it's great to do that, but you don't need to go out there to do all that. You can come here. The UK is the best, I think, the best place to go adventuring. It's amazing. Yeah, it's I mean it's so true. But again, it's it's sort of just the resources we have around us. That's I don't know. There's never been as many opportunities. You know, people say, oh, you know, if, if I could learn this, it's like YouTube's there. You know, if I could go on a walk or if I could go on this venture, yeah, you could go on an adventure within, you know, a couple of miles of everyone's home. You know, there's, there's so many opportunities there if, if you choose, but you have to choose. That's the difference. You know, you may not have the physical, financial, mental resources yet, but that's that's a goal, right? Why not? Why not? That's a goal in itself, you know? Tell me, if, if you were to try and describe your fire in your belly in one or two words, Lewis, what would they be? Natural potential. Primal potential. Primal power. Probably some, something along those lines. I like that. Primal potential. And Yeah, that, that's a key, a good one, actually. Good question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all we all have it. Tell us, where can people learn more about you? Where can they find out more, hunt you down, track you down, stalk you, any of the above? My my website is theoutdoorbloke.com. Um, I also am on social media. So Instagram is where I predominantly post. So that's the handles, theoutdoorbloke. Um, so they're probably the best places. Uh, join my mailing list if, if you want some more information. I'll keep you posted with things. That's on the on the website. But then I'm also Facebook, LinkedIn, but I, I don't use them that much to be honest. Yeah. But reach out. I want to I want to chat. I want to share. I've got so much to give to people. You know, I'm just I'm just at the start of my journey, I feel. And I and I've I'm at the place now where I just want to I want to give, I want to help. And, that's it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Lewis, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time here today. I appreciate everything else. Is there is there a final message you'd like to leave our listeners today? Get out there.
get out into nature, start tuning in to yourself, you know. That, that, that nature, getting out into nature is, is the all important thing because that slows the mind and that allows you to, to step away from the craziness that is modern life. Once you slow the mind, everything else follows on, I think. Lewis, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you. And until the next time, thank you. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Pete. And I, uh, I really appreciate your time, the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that the people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.